take a look at your hand. What have you got that's been sitting there? Not everybody has in their hand. And God says, when you entrust that gift, that talent to me, then really cool, big things are going to happen. Welcome to the Kingdom Life Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Nilsson, speaker, author, and yes, life coach. We live in a noisy world with a million external influences vying for our attention. This is the space where we can quiet the noise, sort out our thoughts through honest conversation, and discover what it looks like to take aligned, faith-filled action in a world of endless possibilities. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode. I am so glad you are here with me. I'm your host, Megan Nilsson, and we are getting into Kingdom Impact today. And I have a key focus that we're going to dive into. What does it take? What it, what does it take to have true Kingdom Impact? But before I go into today's topic, I want to just mention a couple of things. Number one, the Untangled Faith book now has a book study. I know. So exciting. If you go to untangledfaithstudy.com, again, that's untangledfaithstudy.com, there is a 10-week study guide that I created. Maybe you have the book and you haven't read it and it's been sitting on your nightstand collecting dust. Ask me how I know because I have about 55 books on my nightstand. I buy these books and then I don't read them. I have every intention of reading them and I don't. And sometimes it's just better to read with a friend, don't you think? To have some accountability, to have someone to talk to. So if you have a friend that you've been thinking, man, I'd love to read a book with him or her. What could we read? This could be it. If you have a book group, life group, Bible study at your church, whatever, and you're thinking, hey, what should we read or study next? Let me suggest Untangled Faith book and journal, and you can gather around your people if you really want to have meaningful encounters with God, every day you can hear from him, you can glean wisdom, you can gather his love, you can get perspective over your life, share your thoughts with him, learn how to hear his voice. What does his voice actually sound like? What does it look like to, to have open communications with God and hear from him? How does he talk? How do I know if it's his voice? This is for you. That's untangledfaithstudy.com. It's a 10-week study check it out. I'm super excited about it. And then I will be speaking at Valley Presbyterian Church in Scottsdale, Arizona on February 3rd. So if you are in and around the Arizona area, or heck, if you're in one of these like frigid parts of the country, like me, we've had like negative degree temperatures in Colorado recently, maybe you want to go to Scottsdale because goodness gracious, you know, you want to get out of the cold. Let me just tell you the first weekend of February would be an awesome time to do it. Find yourself an Airbnb, a great little place to stay, and come join us at Valley Prez on February 3rd. The link is in my link tree in my Instagram bio. You can find it there. And then if you are kingdom entrepreneur, if you are growing a business, because you know that God has asked you to build something, services and products to offer the world, then, and you're not really growing or you need some community around you, I am part of the Sharpened Edge community team. So if you're a kingdom entrepreneur and want to grow, build, scale your business, hit me up. I'd love to share about that too. But today we are talking about a kingdom impact. What does that actually mean? How do you know if you can have kingdom impact? And the first question I want to ask you is, do you have a message that's on your heart? Do you have a message that's on your heart? I talk to people, I mean, countless times I've talked to people and you all have lived through some stuff. 
You have lived through it. You have come out on the other side, many of you, and you know you have a stirring to to share your message, to help people that were in the same boat as you, whether that's trauma or abuse or sickness, illness, grief and loss, you name it. There are some hard, hard things that you all have experienced in the world. And I hear you. I hear you in my messages. I hear you on the free discovery calls that we're talking about. And you were like, man, I don't want this pain to go to waste. I know God's calling me to to help other people, but I don't know how to do it. How do I know what I'm supposed to do? And so I want to ask you a question today, and I'm going to tee it up through our friend Moses. And I want to ask you, what do you have in your hand? What do you have in your hand? Because that's going to be a key clue as to what God is calling you into. So if you've experienced God in in a profound way, you know him as as healer, as provider, as your shepherd, as your guide, and you want to let other people know about how, how God has brought you through some hard times, but you're unsure. You're unsure. How would you do it? You're scared. You don't know if anybody cares, if it would make a difference. Who's going to listen anyway? I'm here to tell you, you are not alone. This is a classic, typical lie that the enemy can weave into our minds to get us to to play small, to pull back, to to dull our voice. And this happened with Moses. He has all kinds of excuses as to why he really shouldn't be doing what God's asked him to do. Doesn't know how he could do what God's asked him to do. And I want to see how this ministers to you, what we can learn from this today. And so let's dive into Exodus chapter three. I'll be reading from chapter four, but I want to set the stage here. So Moses is just minding his own business. He is now tending to sheep. And if you go back in his life, he actually grew up in Pharaoh's house. So he was nursed and adopted by Pharaoh's daughter. He grows up in Pharaoh's house. Ultimately, he sees some oppression and some injustice happening, and he and he kills he kills an Egyptian, and he's got to go. So they banish him. He is basically hiding out, and he's minding to those his own business. He's now a shepherd tending to his sheep. And you can imagine, he's just probably doing his thing out and about all by himself every day, the same as the next. But he looks over one day and he sees this burning bush just in the middle of nowhere. Like all of a sudden it's burst into flames. So as one does, he gets curious and he goes over to have a look at this bush and God gives him this huge download. So he starts to come close to the bush and he hears the voice of God and God's talking to him about how he's seen the suffering of the Israelites. Okay. Moses has seen the suffering of the Israelites. In fact, he saw the suffering and that's why he killed the oppressors. And God says, that's not the way to handle it, Moses. I know you want to do something about it and I'm going to give you my kingdom strategy. I'm going to give you the better way. You tried this on your own. That did not work. You've now been banished for a number of years, but now I'm going to give you another chance. I trust you. I'm bringing you back into this story and I want you to do something about it. I'm telling you, Moses, you are going to go lead the Israelites out of Egypt. They will no longer be enslaved and you are going to lead them out of slavery and into the promised land. And you are the guy to do it. I pick you. You're my leader. And Moses is like, what? No, no, no. Come again. Who am I to do this? You've, you've got to be kidding. Not me. Thank you. I'm sorry you put the burning bush in the wrong area of the world. It's not going to be me. And God says, don't worry, I will go with you. 
And not only will I go with you and give you favor and victory, you will return here to the mountain and you're going to worship me. So God is going with him and he's prophesying over him and he's saying, I'm going to give you victory and favor and then you will come back here and worship me on this very mountain. He gives a vision of how this is going to go down and what's going to happen. And then Moses says, you know, listen, thank you, God, for this opportunity. Thank you so much. But if I go, they're not going to believe me. What in the world will I tell them? Like what you're asking me to do is absolutely bananas. Nobody's going to believe me. Thanks, but no thanks. I don't even know what to say. And God says, tell them I am. This is God's name for himself. He is simply that amazing. The creator of the universe. I am has sent me to you. So that's what Moses is supposed to say. I am has sent me to you and the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yeah, that one. Tell them I sent you. God continues to speak to him with this download about where to go, what to do, how God's going to intervene. He's going to put some serious pressure on Pharaoh to let the people go. So this is the invitation. This is the holy, righteous invitation in front of Moses at the moment. And that's where we're going to pick up in at the beginning of chapter four. So bear with me while I read for a little bit here. And then we're going to go into some of the things that we can learn here from Moses. So I'm going to pick up in chapter four, verse one, I'm reading out of the NIV this time. Moses answered, well, what if they do not believe me or listen to me? And they say, the Lord, he did not appear to you. Then the Lord said to him, well, what's that in your hand? a staff, Moses replies. The Lord said, throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground and it became a snake and he ran from it. Then the Lord said to him, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake and turned back into it. And it turned back into a staff in his hand. This said the Lord is so that they may believe that the Lord the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, God of Jacob has appeared to you. Then the Lord said, put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand into his cloak. And when he took it out, the skin was leprous. It had become white as snow. Can you imagine Moses panicking at this moment, especially since leprosy was absolutely like untouchable? Verse seven, now put it back in your cloak, he said. So Moses put his hand back into his cloak and when he took it out, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. Then the Lord said, if they do not believe you or pay attention to the first sign, they may believe the second. But if they do not believe these two signs or listen to you, take some water from the Nile and pour it on the ground. The water you take from the river will become blood on the ground. There's some serious imagery and just sort of heart-stopping things that God is doing here with Moses. Verse 10, Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you've spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. So basically Moses is like, okay, those signs, all right, they're pretty cool. I can't quite argue with that. Okay, I got you, God. I got you, God. But listen, I'm not a good speaker. I don't really know how to talk. People don't listen to me. I kind of, you know, twist up my tongue and stumble over my words. And the Lord said to him, 
Who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go. I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. But Moses said, Pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. I love this. We've got three massive signs where he's turning staffs into snakes and a hand into leprosy and restoring it and then water into blood. And then Moses is like, okay, I got you there, but I actually really don't know how to talk. I don't talk good. And the Lord's like, "Mm, try again. Who created you? Who gave you your mouth? Who makes people see or not see? Yeah, it's me. So listen, I'm going to tell you what to say. And then Moses, one more time, he's just like, listen, okay, let's drop the facade. Could you just please send someone else? I I don't really want to do this. Verse 14, then the Lord's anger burned against Moses. And he said, what about your brother Aaron, the Levite? I know he can speak well. He's already on his way to meet you and he will be glad to see you. You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth. I will help both of you speak and will teach you what to do. He will speak to the people for you and it will be as if you were he were your mouth and as if you were God to him. So he's saying, okay, you've said no a few times here. Now I'm going to be gracious and merciful. I'm actually going to send your brother to partner with you. And you guys are going to be this holy, amazing partnership because you are going to be speak through him. He's going to be your mouthpiece. But take this staff in your hand so you can perform the signs with it. He reminds Moses to take the staff because the staff is going to be very paramount in bringing these signs to the people. I'm going to stop here and I would highly encourage you to go into to Exodus chapter 3, 4, 5, read it for yourself, see what happens. But this is what I want to land on today. God uses everyday things. Let's go back. Where was Moses in this story? He was in the desert shepherding his sheep. And what do shepherds use as a tool to move their sheep along? A staff. So God looks at Moses and he says, what do you have in your hand? You have a staff. Guess what? I can use exactly your everyday tool. The thing that you just thought was a normal sort of utilitarian instrument. I'm going to use that to perform signs and wonders. And I want to ask you today, what do you have in your hand? What does your normal everyday life look like? What gifts, talents, resources do you kind of take for granted? Because it's just kind of part of who you are. Do you have a voice? Do you have a pen? Do you have a hammer, a broom, a cooking skill, a sewing skill? Are you an artist? Are you a musician? Do you have an instrument in your hand, a paintbrush in your hand? Do you have leadership skills in your hand? What is it that you have that you maybe take for granted? And God says, you know what? If you give that to me, that thing that you have in your hand, maybe it's an actual like physical item. Maybe it is a metaphorical item. Maybe it's a gift or a talent, but you have no idea what God's going to do with something. We don't, we don't even know until we put it in God's hands. So Moses has the staff, puts it in God's hands. What happens? It turns into a snake. There's this wild thing that happens. 
Moses takes his actual hand. It's not even what do you have in your hand? Take your hand, put it in your cloak. And then what happens? It turns leprous and God says, put it back in your cloak. I'm going to make it. I'm going to restore it. Takes water, everyday water and turns it into blood, which I think is foreshadowing, by the way. This is an aside to the blood of the lamb, to Jesus's blood that he's going to shed for us on the cross. Think about the little boy in the gospels with the fish and the loaves. Jesus is asking his disciples, what's going to happen? I mean, the disciples are saying, man, it's getting late. Jesus, there's a lot of people around here. Let's just send them on home so they can go get something to eat. This is kind of getting out of our control. And Jesus says, well, what are you going to do about it? And they look at him like, "Ah, we have no idea what we're going to do about it. Kind of like Moses is saying, I don't know how I'm going to do that. We don't have food to give them. I don't have, I don't have speech. I don't not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not good with words. <laughs> I think I'm not good with words as I'm sitting here talking to you. I'm getting tongue twisted. But in both of these cases, Jesus, God the Father, says, Okay, what do you have in your hand? Moses has the staff. The disciples look around. A little boy says, Well, I have fish, a few fish and some loaves of bread. Like, is could could that do anything? And then when given to the Father, when given to Jesus, he puts his touch over it. And all of a sudden, the crowd has food to eat. God is going to go with Moses and Aaron back into Egypt to help free the slaves, their people, the Israelites. But guess what? We have to be vulnerable to do this. It feels risky and you have to put yourself out there. This is what we're seeing happening in the story of Moses. God shows up to him, brings him a holy invitation. The Holy Spirit fire is stirring before him. God's saying, you've seen the injustice of your people. You know the problem in the world. So I'm asking you this right now. What problem do you see in the world that absolutely gets your fire going, gets you burning up on the inside because you can't stand the brokenness of it? Just the other day, my friend Lisa Figgins and I, we hosted the If Only Conference, and it was incredible. We were asking the people there to say, to think through, what vision has God given you? One clue as to the vision of what God's calling you to do is what bothers you. What bothers you in the world that you can't sleep at night that you think, man, if only someone would do something about this. And God is saying, guess what? I want you to do something about it. It doesn't have to be a huge global thing on a grand scale. It can be the neighbor that you see across the street. It can be in your own home, one of your children or somebody you're related to. The details of that, only you know exactly what is going on in your heart and mind and what brokenness is bothering you. But God is saying, I want to bring a holy invitation to you. And you're thinking, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to do this. I can't speak. I don't know how I would make the message. I don't know how I would do all of that. But you need to be vulnerable in order to do it. God told Moses to tell the people what he saw and heard at the burning bush. God made it plain as day. If you want, you are seeing the injustice, you are seeing the slavery of your people, Moses. If you want, I'm going to use you to bring them out of Egypt. I'm going to tell you how I'm going to do it. And I'm going to ask you that are listening today, what has God told you to share with people? What have you experienced of him that needs to be shared? And why aren't you doing it? I am telling you, I talk to people all the time. 
that have this stirring to, to start a podcast or to write a book or to start a business because they know that something is rolling around in their heart and their mind. And yet there's this reluctance, there's this fear. And then we over anticipate, we worry, we, we think, how will people respond? And Moses did exactly that. He says, listen, if I go to them, okay, let's play this out, God. Let's just kind of play this out. See what I'm going to go to them. And they're going to say, no, that didn't really happen. And we don't really believe you. And so he was worried about what people would say, how they would respond. And I'm going to ask you today, what story are you telling yourself about how people will respond? Maybe you have this moment, you have this message that God has has brought about inside of you that you know that you know that you know you're just, you are supposed to share. If it's not with the world through a book or a podcast or something like that, not everybody is called to do it like that. Are you called to share it with your kids, with your neighbor, and yet you're wondering, how will they respond if I tell them this? Are they going to believe me? Are they going to care? Does it matter how they respond? if God told you to do it. Let me repeat myself. Does it matter how someone else will respond if God has invited you, if God has asked you, if God has told you to do it? Where does your fear lie? Do you have a fear of man and how everybody else is going to react, what their opinions are going to be? Or do you have a fear of God, a holy, healthy fear of God, because you know He has tasked you with this. And ultimately, do we have fear of man or do we have fear of God? God does not ask us to go where he has not provided a means to help. He does not ask you to go without providing a means to help. We see that in Exodus. He says, listen, Moses, I'm going to go with you. He tells this to Joshua, be strong and courageous because I'm going to go with you. This happens in in the story in the Gospels with the loaves and the fish and the feeding of the 5,000. Jesus is there. He is with them. God provides means of help. But in order to experience his help, in order to experience his provision many times, it requires us. It requires you to take that step of faith. The only way that Moses is going to see these signs actually come to fruition, and, and there's like the 10 plagues. Moses is going to see a lot of signs because Pharaoh's heart will be hardened. So just because God has tasked Moses with this role and responsibility, this leadership mantle to go back to Egypt and free his people, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. In fact, it gets quite, quite hard and very difficult. So just because God's asked you to share your message, to go and to do something, to create something, to offer the world, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. This is where we so often get tripped up because like, well, I tried it. I mean, I kind of mentioned it once to like my neighbor's friends, cat's dog, but you know, the dog, he didn't really listen. He didn't really care. (laughs) Okay. That's quite the excuse, isn't it? So God's going to help you. He's going to go with you, but you have to trust that as he leads you, he's going to give you courage. He's going to give you confidence and he's going to give you the resources at the right moment. What are you feeling in your heart and your mind right now? What is stirring inside of you? And you think, man, I know that God's told me to do this. I've journaled about it. I've dreamed about it. I think about it when I'm lying down, but I'm just... I can't bring myself to tell anybody because I don't know how they're going to respond. 
I want to encourage you right now that it, it really doesn't matter how someone else responds. That is God's job. You are to plant the seed. You are to water and God provides the growth. What do you have in your hand right now? What utilitarian everyday item has God given you as a gift that when you entrust it to him, when you entrust it to his hands and you put it in his hands, he says, okay, now we can take this thing that the world sees as pretty utilitarian, this natural thing, and we can supernaturally bring about transformation in someone else's life. When you take your regular ordinariness of life and you put it in God's hands, he can multiply it. He can bring things to fruition that you never even thought possible. It's it's just incredible to think about what God can do. And I, I have wrestled with this in my own life. Even, you know, I've told you guys this before, but last year, about a year ago, I just knew in my heart of hearts, in my knower of knowers, God said, Megan, you're supposed to start a podcast and you are to write this book. And so here I am a year later with this podcast that I'm just, I continue to plant and water, plant and water week after week, and God provides the growth. If there's anything inside these episodes in this podcast that you think would bless and encourage other people to go live out what they have been called, what God is calling them to, please share this with a friend. Go back and find an episode that specifically like just revolutionized your walk with God. Send it along because I believe as we plant, as we plant these seeds of of truth and grace and love and wisdom of God's word into other people's lives, they will begin, the, the, the harvest will come, the orchard will grow. And so please share these episodes with other people. And again, if you want to learn how to hear his voice and you're thinking, okay, this is all well and good. Like, okay, Moses had the burning bush. I mean, okay, God, why don't you just come and do something pretty radical? You know what? Hey, why don't you guys pray for a burning bush to just come in your front yard? How about that? Maybe I'm not sure you actually want that, but there are some signs and you're thinking, okay, God, if you would just tell me like this, and I have a suspicion, I have a feeling that God has probably spoken to you in ways that you know in your spirit, and yet you have been holding back out of fear, fear of judgment, fear of comparison. It feels too vulnerable. And I want to empower you right now under the sound of my voice. God is saying, listen, I will go with you. I will provide what you need in order to do the thing that I have called you to do. And again, if you want to learn how to hear his voice, walk in 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 bold action and confident faith, consider jumping into the Untangled Faith Study. Bring a friend or two around you, your life group, your small group, go to untangledfaithstudy.com. Grab that 10-week guide because it will equip you and prepare you to hear from him, to walk it out in your community with your people where you are. And as always, if something gets stirred up inside you and you just need to we just need to talk. We need to get on the phone because you're like, all right, Megan, I have listened to you long enough. It's time. It is time to just put the pedal to the metal, to just take one foot and put it in front of the other. Here's the deal. Here's what I have in my hand. But guess what? I don't know exactly what God wants me to do with it. I want to invite you to get on a call with me, a free discovery call. Go to meganbnelson.com. Click the box at the top that says 
curiosity call and we will get this conversation going because I believe that God is calling you into something for his plans, for his purposes, for kingdom impact. It's beyond you. It's not about you. It's about all the people that are going to be blessed because you have been obedient to God. And guess what? God is so good that when you're obedient to him and you bless other people, you will be blessed even more than you can ask or imagine. You will be living from an overflowing cup because God is just that good. All right. I love you guys. I pray that you walk in kingdom impact and just take a look at your hand. What have you got that's been sitting there? Not everybody has in their hand. And God says, when you entrust that gift, that talent to me, then really cool, big things are going to happen. I believe that for you and I love you guys and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening. If this episode challenged or inspired you, I would be honored if you would rate it and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts so others can hang out with us too. If you'd like to connect at a deeper level, you can find me on Instagram at Megan underscore Nilsson or head to my website, meganbnilson.com and schedule a free curiosity and connection call. Let's keep the conversation going.